I think that's very much a moot point. I mean, what you're getting at here is, in fact, victimization by a lockout. And I think that would be illegal, because after all, the right to strike is <laughs> enshrined in the Constitution. It's part of the conventions of the International Labour Organization, which the country assigned, the government assigned. So I think they would be, well, totally out of order and probably illegal. And just looking at what they are saying, from the very onset, Nyasa was quite adamant uh, that they will not be bound by whatever agreements were being, um, you know, uh, finalized between NUMSA and SIFSA. But were they not at any point part of this negotiation? They've always been part of the thing. The, the, the point is, this is central bargaining. I think what we're seeing here is a political battle between the smaller groupings of um, metal steel manufacturing uh, represented by Nyasa against Sitsa. Uh, it looks like a power play between the two of them and quite honestly I think it's, it's ridiculous. So uh, what's going to happen now? I mean because uh, you hear Numsa saying that the members will be back and they will not be held hostage but um, Nyasa also digging in their heels so where to from here? Well let's see how many of the Nyasa people do dig in their heels. You see, one of the problems here, quite simply, is they keep arguing that uh, they need a lower entry-level wage, etc., in order to create jobs. So that's a complete nonsense. I mean, you need exactly the right number of job of workers to do the jobs that are necessary. The lower the wage is not going to change the number of workers you need, and you certainly not going to employ more than you need. What it will do is it will start that race to the bottom, as some um, employers manage to get an advantage in terms of costs because they're paying lower wages. That's simply not on. The problem is, of course, the, uh, the um, whole business of exemption. Government needs to speed that up. There is a, a genuine argument that some of these people have when they say we cannot afford it, they can, should open their books, and government needs to move pretty quickly to sort that out. Now, just looking at some of those uh, initial demands, uh, NUMSA obviously says that overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly accepts the settlement offer, but um, they were a bit vague there on the labor-broking issue, which was one of their demands. What, would, well, what are you reading into this? Well, that's understandable, because all that they've done is, is insisted that the existing legislation, which says that labor brokers are the employers of people that they supply, and that the wages and conditions of those workers have to be exactly the same as anyone else's. So all they've done there is, is actually reiterated what already is the legislation. However, the one difference is this uh, introduction of a compliance officer, whereas in the past it would be the Labor Department of the government and labor inspectors that should have chased this up. We now seem to have an additional uh, compliance officer in these places to actually check that the existing laws which allow for temporary employment services uh, will be, well, more administered, more prosecuted, who knows. Thousand Rand housing allowance, I mean, was it worth the five-week strike if, uh, you know, they didn't get everything that they wanted? Well, you know, you never always get everything that you want in a strike. And everyone keeps saying, well, you know, this has cost so much, etc. You know, workers have lost so much, so much in terms of wages. But, you know, it's, it's for workers still to come. It's not just the workers now. Um, over the years, it's these sorts of battles that have improved the wages and conditions of existing workers. And workers that will be employed in the next few years will benefit from what has happened today.